But this little dink ball, the only one in the crowded area where it's a fist pass, the weight is taken over, hits the ground, and it bounces into a fella's chest. Why do you not do many interviews? Oh, really? Yeah, I wouldn't be asked to do a whole pile. Really? Yeah. Have you ever rang me? And they're roaring at me, I cover you, free state bastard. <laughs> and next thing I hear, you have no fucking jurisdiction up here. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Ger Brennan's back on the show, so we have to start with Carlo. 316, Ger. Carlo rising. Carlo, the great entertainers. I think we spoke about this last year. It was it was, it was a great performance from the lads in Fairness, Woolly. Uh, I suppose to put it into context, you know, the last couple of years, the, the Waterford Carlo uh, win-loss ratio is, is kind of 50-50. So they drew right. with Waterford last year and they lost to them, I think, the year before. So, so no, we were delighted and we, we actually had the, the, the third highest scoring um, after Kerry and Mayo in the National League, and we had the best defensive record. Funny enough, so you're not wanting to brag, nice though, aren't no, you? No, like, but, uh, but we didn't know that. Someone pointed out to me afterwards, but uh, but it's nice, you know. But. What are you doing with Sean Gannon, wing back? What's this all about? He's your best centre forward. Sean is, yeah, he, he he's just a versatile guy. He, he he's very clever. He's been around the block. He's in early thirty, so he he knows loads of positions in that middle age and. Uh, given the the couple of minor injuries and and then uh, trying to get a decent balance in the squad, that's what we went with. Right, end, but worked out. No, okay, it's an in, you know? it's an interesting one. Jordan yeah. Morrissey obviously was injured the last day. He was another man. What about uh, Connor Crowley, goal of the season contender? We saw a lot of points. We'll get to them in a minute. Yeah. Uh, Cleary's one and Paddy Cunningham one. Why didn't we get any uh, little clip on Twitter of this goal? I, I I don't know why it wasn't up there or even why the Sunday game. Actually, there's an idea for the lads they could do a goal of the, uh, of the month type thing or something like that for uh, between the football and the hurling. But no, he just caught it sweetly and it, it hit the um, top corner across the keeper, hit the uh, upright in the goal and bounced back out. So it was one of those ones where everyone there went, oh... Right, yeah, it was great. It was right. a great finish towards, first, yeah. towards the end of it. Yeah, I have yeah. to say that you got a lovely draw. Let's be honest. The other side yeah. is a complete bloodbath with loud leech from Sligo Entry. We might get to that in part two. You got a nice handy one. You have a weekend off now. A weekend off, so we'll get an opportunity to have a look at Wexford and Waterford. But if ever there was an opportunity for both three teams and that in that conference to get promoted, like it's a super opportunity versus the usual league where you have to play whatever your six or seven games. So. That's right to make the most of it, you know. Right, it's not like you can get a challenge game this weekend, is it? Every no, team is kind of a little no. bit tied up. I think if we got a challenge game, I don't think we'd have the numbers to uh, sustain it. We'd end up picking up too many knocks. So, so there's only there's a good core group of thirty lads there, Woolly, and then your your mind is thirty three there actually, and then there's a couple of guys picking up the soft tissue stuff, and so it, it, it's uh, it is a great opportunity, you know, and uh, uh, we have to make the most of it. Yeah. So Paul Carrigan, you're here again uh, this week, and Kieran McGinney has been talking yeah. about this new rule. We talked about this a lot on Monday, um, and look, we're going to talk about it again. Kieran McGinney has said he's pretty much broken it down very clearly. He said the referee has to decide if it was a deliberate pull down. And if there was going to be a goal, two things was it a, if it was a deliberate pull down and if it was going to be a goal. There's two ifs there already, McGinney said, before you start. When you're going, when you start going into ifs, that means the referee controls the outcome of the game. And that's not what we're looking for. We're looking for players to control that. Yeah, like you said, if or McKeezer said if, like when you started ifs, there's no finishing really. Like you could have ifs, ifs the whole time, you know. Like, I watched the Armagh game there and there was a guy pulled down just outside the box and, like, all it was was a little free and there was no punishment and it was, if it was another foot, it would have been a penalty, you know what I mean? Um, but like he said, the controlling ifs is a big thing, like, um, the refs have enough on their plate, to be honest with you. I think, I think Tomás O'Shea made a good point, like, I think it was on about Paddy Small. If he didn't go down, he, there would have been kind of nothing really of it or was it one of the ones that, if he went down, didn't go down, nothing would have happened. So, uh, I think McGinley's right, like, and with that, the rest have enough on their plate, you know. So, I mean, you, you get looking, the rest have to maybe look at covering defenders if there's bodies back. Um, so I think, I think the you're look as he said, he's looking for the players to control the game and not the ref, and that's what you want. Is, is there is there a case to be made here that Paddy Small did go down a little bit theatrically? He was making sure he was getting it. Like the reward is so great now, Jer. Not only do you get a penalty for a foul that's inside the twenty. Um, you also get the other team down to 14. This is a huge, huge reward for, you know, tricking a referee. It's 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 kind of draconian, really, you know, the punishment for a defender. Uh, if, if Obviously, I'm a defender. I haven't chased Paul uh, a good few times, but 
as a defender now, if I'm in that position, I have to be ultra, ultra careful. And it's nearly like non-contact that you nearly have to let your man take his four yeah. steps and get the hand in that way. But uh, defenders will have to kind of change and, and, and uh, become more efficient in how they do defend. But I, 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 I just think it's a very, very tough punishment. I think the, the, the 10 minutes in bin for the black card, I think is a good thing. Uh, when they introduced it last year, but what they've introduced now, I think is uh, extremely difficult and, and, and it's very subjective. And again, referees are volunteers. They're doing their best. Love them or loathe them. We need them. And they're being asked to do too many things. And even if you look at uh, when the foul is being made in, in Gaelic football, you know, uh, a guy being pulled down on the, uh, on the corner of the large um, uh, parallelogram versus a guy being pulled down and hurling on, in the same position, the strike of a slitter versus the kick of a football. Yeah. The chance of it being saved are obviously increasing football, so it's it's it's. Uh, I think it needs to be changed, and I just go back to the black card, which are which are ten minutes in bin. That's the thing, and the sin bin seem to fix all the controversies around black cards because the player's not you know going off the field for a full game, and it's very difficult for him. It's a ten minute sin bin. It doesn't punish the player; it punishes the team, yeah. which makes a player less inclined to punish the team. The players don't mind taking one for the team, yeah. but they don't want to leave the team in the shit and be down to forty players. So that seemed to be working, and they seem to bring this in for for no apparent reason. Like I mean, it doesn't make a, a huge amount of sense. Paul Early is talking about now. He he's always on about this. He wants two referees in the game. Now he thinks this is the right reason to bring in two referees. Like, I think the issue here, Paul, is a referee not knowing when a goal is on and when a goal isn't on. I've often analysed the game. I said this on Monday. And someone like David Clifford, you know, the very top forwards in the game, Conor McManus, you might often say, geez, I didn't even think there was a goal on there. Mm. You know, and they score. And yeah. I've, I've played in the full forward line. Like, I mean, so if I can't see whether a goal is developing, uh, you know, how is a referee supposed to be able to make this determination during a game? And Paul Early's idea of having two referees how is that going to help the referee's interpretation of it I don't think that the two referees would necessarily help it at all No like and I, even the defender who's marking someone like David Clifford probably doesn't know what he's going to do either like never mind a ref or two uh, Paul Early he's probably he's beaten that drum a long time I suppose his thing is I suppose in Aussie rules there's never a ref that's uh, more than probably 25 metres away from an incident you know and, and I suppose he thinks it might reduce the errors but like Essentially, you could have two fellas make a mistake just as opposed to one, what we have now. Um, maybe he's thinking fitness levels as well might be an issue with refs as well, keeping up the pace of the game. But um, as you said, like, oh, there's just it could be so subjective there inside the inside the parallelogram. If, like you said, if David Clifford, like, who would have said he would have pulled the ball back the last day? Like, um, like he, just fellas like that are so unpredictable. Um, I, I just don't think it's a, it's a bit of a runner. Um, maybe. Having qualified refs as umpires, one one umpire at each end in the refs here might help it a little bit, but um, yeah, I, I, I don't know about it to be honest with you. Um, and again, it's not the refs' fault; it's it's the people making making the decisions uh, who probably have to answer to it. Yeah, no, definitely. And anyways, why do you, why would you need another referee if two two umpires standing there? You know, usually they're over seventy years of age, though, Jared. That's one yeah. little kind of drawback. But like, there's more than enough eyes on Gaelic football. Maybe an argument for hurling. But the football is not as long a game as it used to be. Refs are up, up with the up with the, the game. The problem here is is that how can they make that determination? Like we could have a situation now, Jerry. You've 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 alluded to it, where a man is running in from under a stand, right, and he's come inside the twenty one, and the defender now is backing off him. He might even put his hands behind his back like they do in soccer. soccer. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Though yeah, it'd be yeah. like shit. I better not give away because this is going to be a penalty, yeah. and we're down to fourteen men. Yeah, it, it, it's. It's too difficult and it's too much responsibility to, to, to give to uh, the man in the middle of the pitch uh, trying to watch so many different things going on. I I think where we go and give more power maybe to the umpires, particularly when, like you say, the referee brings his, 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 his dad, his grandfather and his brother and his mate up the road, um, which most referees, I think, they do bring their, yeah, they have their, their four buddies, yeah. which, which is good in terms of the trust. The father-in-law there. usually gets the father-in-law <laughs> gets a nod, bring him out, keep 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 him happy. But uh, it, it, it's like, see, it, it's elite amateurism, right? The players are putting in so much, right? And uh, and to have a subjective call made, which results in a, in a penalty in an All Ireland final or a National League final. 
where you could be sitting here and the three of us have seen this the the the, the one instant and we we will have three versions of the same events and if I was going through on goal the chance of me scoring are a lot uh, less likely than if yourself and Paul were going through on goal because you're used to being up there or if David Clifford like you mentioned was going through on goal so is the referee bring that into his decision making process exactly who the player is yeah does yeah. that's that's an interesting point yeah they they made it very difficult for the for the referees and I think the black card obviously watching a lot of hurling as well uh, in my own work too the black card and hurling with the sim bin I think is a great introduction but I don't think see the need for the penalty then as well in both codes I, I, I just get rid of it yeah I think so I think maybe I don't think it'll last too long I think there'll be a lot of controversy this year so Paul Galvin has had some interesting stuff to say about Davy Fitzgerald um, on the Examiner uh, podcast and he said I had a very good relationship with the chairman but some things that went on I think Davy wanted the training ground to himself. He wanted Ferns to himself down there. He certainly let it be known pretty early that we weren't welcome in Ferns, the football side of things. But some of the things he did made it clear to me that we weren't welcome in Ferns, basically. That was my take on the situation. I'm just wondering, um, the two of you are coming from very contrasting counties where the, the hurlers are the golden boys down in Cork, uh, Paul, and you are kind of, you know, maybe battling for, you know, the same... I don't know, facilities and stuff or treatment, I don't know. And the opposite is the case in Dublin. I don't know, Paul, is that, is that, a, is that a case that you've had to fight against, you know, as a footballer in Cork throughout your career? Yeah, like I suppose the joke in Cork is the hurlers get steak and the footballers get chicken. You know, that would be <laughs> the, the joke that's gone through the years. But um, I suppose it would have come up previously, yeah. Like, um, I suppose you're great then is probably with the board, I suppose, as opposed to the hurlers. You know what I mean? Like, um you could you could make yourself paranoid asking all the questions like what do the hurlers get? Why don't we get it? Um, do they get extra gym membership? Whatever with a pool, like I wouldn't be privy to let's say what backroom staff has been paid for the hurlers as opposed to the footballers. But as I said, it would be definitely kind of it's always a bit of a bit of contention. Like um, like at the end of the day, the hurling is a pride and joy probably in the county. It's number one sport, and then you have football soccer and rugby like competing for number two you know yeah um but like probably through the years probably would have had a, maybe a few gripes with the board that they kind of maybe treated us a way that they might have treated the hurlers previously you know um just kind of a few things like and i suppose i was captain as well previously generally pretty good but you know like maybe if you said i'll call you in the morning and, and you don't get a phone they don't answer your phone call you know you'd say would that happen with the hurling captain do you know what I mean? things like that yeah um, but there's definitely probably your great is probably with the board as opposed to hurling the hurling side look the hurling they're their own body they can try to get as much as they want they probably get a bit more public backing in that like as well so and um, means they've probably a little more bit more pull in what they're asking for but uh yeah i suppose in some lads back in the day would have definitely used it as a season mentality like and um, to, to build a tighter group and that you know right okay so but would you have a case where the hurlers are in a gym with a pool and you're just in a basic you'd, you'd be in a basic gym I know, like, well, when there was one stage where we kind of built in our own gym, you know what I mean? We kind of built it when Park Creeve was being done up, oh, yeah. in the traditional gym. We were down in Fermoy, and we would have uh, kind of brought in our own weights and done it there. It would have been kind of like a, an industrial estate unit. I don't know what the hurlers were doing back there, back then, but I suppose a lot of the football supporters were saying, look, the hurlers probably wouldn't have stood for that, you know, where they were just trying to make the best of the situation and just try, as I get, get the work done, you know, and get it out, but... um. Yeah, I suppose, like, as I said, I wouldn't be privy of how many in their backroom team gets paid compared to the tours, like, but, uh, like, that would have been their own business. But it's, it, like, as I said, they're probably the number one, really, like, in Cork. Yeah, and picturing Patrick Horgan getting a nice spa treatment and massage in a lovely, uh, beautiful gym, and you're in an outdoor river or something, Paul, <laughs> swimming against yeah, the tide. Sponsored cars for the hurlers <laughs> as well, I'd say. Oh, well, that's another bone of connect. Did you miss out on the sponsored cars thing in Dublin, Jack? I, I, I was lucky enough to pick up on a few bits. In fairness, right? Um, we were, we were, we were fairly well looked after, and in fact, it was probably nearly. I say wastage with with some of the gear you used to get. So you, you didn't need half it, like you know. But I suppose when you were in college and uh, all the lads be rubbing your gear in the house, you'd be, yeah, <laughs> you'd be doing well. To hold the, on to the, the 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 crock of gold is when you're rooming with a Dublin footballer, right? For uh, your gear, rubbing all the rubbing all the train <laughs> stuff. Um, no, it probably is. Um, I don't know. From my experience now uh, to date, is like in the likes of Cork and, and and probably Dublin, where you do have a strong football, strong hurling uh, uh, presence there. 
But Paul, I suppose in your experience, like um, when's the last time the hurlers won in All Ireland, and when's the last time the footballers won in All Ireland? So I think you lads are leading the way, unless I'm totally way off. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Yeah. I so. suppose when we were successful in winning, we would more pull tasks for you know. Geez, I remember one time they flew over David Allred, you know, he'd be Johnny Wilkinson's kicking coach, yeah. like, and I was top class. Like I'd say, no, they probably couldn't do it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but like with that, with the supporters, I suppose we win in football Ireland probably won every 20-ish years. That's what it's been. And the hurlers, they're probably on their biggest fan. I know it's, I don't know, it's 16, 17 years or something like that. But if you're doing well, you can you can nearly ask and get away with more probably. Here, yeah. I, I'm playing devil's advocate here, uh, Ger, but like, I mean, say the Wexford example now. So Paul Galvin's in Division 4 with the Wexford footballers and Davey was winning all in semi-final. Should the county board look after them equally or should they give one an extra push that could win in All-Ireland and go, you know, do you really need it as much? Like, I mean, what's fair? What's fair is... 50-50. The, well, no, I would say what's fair is at the start of the season, the executive are sitting down with the senior hurling manager and the senior football manager and they're saying, look, based on the traditions and the support for hurling or football or both within the county, we get most of our funding from sponsors will come from probably the hurling side of things. So yeah. therefore, the hurlers are going to get 60% of the sponsorship. You lads are going to get 40 if you can obviously get uh, progress yourselves on, uh, uh, bring a bit more PR to the to the team, well then we can look at it again. But at least you know where you stand at the start of the season, and then it cuts out any of the small talk or the uh, uh, conspiracies that do tend to go on in the background. So I'd say that's where probably Paul Galvin, I've met Paul a few times and and, and uh, played against him. He probably was told a few porkies, I would assume. And uh, uh, it wasn't uh, what it was supposed to be. And then he obviously got fed up and what happened obviously happened. But I think where you have a, a clear understanding at the start of the year and, and lay it out as best as you can, um, well, then you can't argue with that. And uh, like some of the stuff like Dave Albert being uh, flown over, you know, that was a Cork team that were extremely close for a number of years. Obviously, 2010, they, uh, they won it. But you don't, bring in that not fluffy stuff it's, uh, obviously there's a, there is a direct value to having someone like him involved but you don't bring him over first in your first year as a manager like those fluffy things are brought in in year three or four if you're getting closer yeah. like the bread and butter is training the warehouse jump into the river jump into the sea do the basics well get yourself fit get a bit of morale going the team and then you can go back to the county board and say do you know what? we're going really well we've gotten to a point with the basics we would like to add one or two additional things um, not asking what the, to get what the hurlers are getting because they've been playing in all Ireland semi-finals and quarter-finals for the last number of years whereas in the Wexford case they've been in Division 3 or 4 and getting to whatever Leinster semi-finals as opposed to all Ireland semi-finals so, so uh, management going in have to be realistic as well but I think where there's a bit of um, what would you call it upfrontness from, from county board executives um, well then I think as a manager you can deal with that but then Davey when you, I don't know him from Adam and uh, I'd say he has as much interest in football as the man in the moon so um, as a manager going in Paul Galvin maybe he'll take a bit of learning from it maybe there was a bit of naivety from him to expect to get what he, what he was getting and maybe yeah. he had to fight a bit harder I, I, I don't, don't know I don't, I don't blame the managers uh, Paul because like they're competitors and yeah. they're, they, they, the football is uh, the the hurling managers competitors are other hurling teams but it's also football in the county for players and for facilities they actually are competitors mm-hmm. and I don't mind a bit of niggling like that going on like I mean it can't all be uh, you know, everybody be nice to each other. I suppose, like you, like you were saying, Paul, this is a county board management issue. This is not like I've seen even in Port Leash, we're a strong dual club, and there'd be always bickering between the managers and stuff. <laughs> That's normal, but it's up to the management, which is at county board level. And in fairness to Wexford, they're hiring CEOs, they're hiring marketing managers. Yeah. They look to have a very professional setup. So in a way. Um, I think their 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 chairman Kent, I think his name is, has come out and kind of poured cold water on this that this wasn't a, a then no manager ever said it at the time this is a county board issue you're I suppose and that was the point you were making yeah I think and I think the board in Cork has changed a bit really I suppose we hit a bit of a rock bottom with the footballers um, a couple of years ago and you know there's Conor Coon who knows in as director of football and Aidan O'Connell he was Munster SNC he's head of performance like so they're interested in schools and the development squads and the pathways. It's it's turned around a bit more. And good people in the board like uh, Tracy O'Donovan or Tracy Kennedy, excuse me, and Kevin Donovan's after taking over from her now. So 
Um, that's what you said. It's a board. It's a board issue, and then I suppose at the start of the year, obviously the, the intercounty managers are under serious pressure. Like it's a thankless job in Cork anyway. Like probably as most places, and they're looking to fight their corner, and they probably start off at equal footing at the start of the year, and how the season progresses, then you know, um, might lead into what happens the following year and so on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We'll move on from that, lads, because Aidan Forker, he's like we know he's a versatile player. Um, and I I appreciate a versatile player. I was a versatile player myself. I went from cornerback up to wing back to wing forward to full forward, and I played on every line. Paul probably the same as you, maybe not the cornerback kind of thing, but you definitely you played a sweeper role anyways. Which you were back around that kind of area. But Forker, like not only is he a very versatile player, he's managed a match in a county final at centre forward. Then he's the man marker for Armagh. I was reading the match report last week, uh, Jerry, and he played centre back, wing back, centre forward, and full forward. Scored three points all in the same game. Yeah. Like this is taking the versatile, versatile player to new levels altogether. No, it, it's fairly impressive, and and I I was reading a couple of reports and comments Kieran McGee has made on him over the last number of years, and and, and uh, according to Kieran, he, he's actually a natural full forward, and that's his preferred position. But he's a natural forward, I think. Yeah, yeah. so he's just such a, a talented individual that he's able to go wherever um, he's being asked of, but. What what uh, McGeaney highlighted in, in his report his ability to take out uh, key forwards or key players for opposition, just given how robust uh, he is as a player, um, is is a huge advantage, and that he's able to again, if it's the likes of a Paul and you're trying to take Paul out of the game because uh, he picks up so much possession or Kieran Kilkenny, who are we going to put on him? Well, let's throw Aiden on him, and maybe as the game uh, opens up a bit, you can move him around the pitch. It can it it can work. Um, from my experience, I I think you can take away from the, the balance of a team if you're moving too many positions around um, uh, within the one game that uh, in the same way if you bring a lot of subs in at the one time it can just change the energy or the uh, momentum that you might have as a team but at the moment it's obviously working particularly well for Kieran um, with, with uh, uh, Aiden being moved around where, where needs be and then most of the other guys are probably comfortable playing in similar roles uh, for the duration of seventy odd minutes, so but uh, he, he's he, he's very impressive. What what I like about watching him, he's just so so robust and he's yeah. just stocky. He's, yeah, he's just stocky. He just gets through the work, covers an awful lot of ground. He's he he's a he's a hardy, skillful fella, and uh, it's 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 great watching fellas like that. In fact, a lot of the work he does goes unseen and um, from a defensive point of view because we only see the. Uh, the likes of Paul and you on, on, on the Sunday game uh, when he's <laughs> playing, but uh, uh, from the highlights reels, you know. Come here, Paul. Here, uh, just on the versatile players, because I've had my say on this before on shows, and I'm 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 not going over it again. How did you feel about being a versatile player, like playing anywhere in the forwards? You know, very comfortable. You know, you could slot back into a sweeper position. Did you like it, or would you like to have been given that number eleven jersey and stop messing with me? And let you know, let leave me there. No, I liked it to be honest with you. Um, like um, where I kind of played, probably I was lucky enough to start. Depending on who else was in the team, you know, I was probably the fellow to switch between lines. That was probably the easiest to switch for management. And I suppose you'd see now any like fellas like Brian Howard, Mary Donnelly, they play anywhere in the middle eight. Like they're rotating positions all the time. Yeah. And um, but I didn't mind the money to be honest with you. Um, look. At the end of the day, it's hard enough to get into the intercounty team. I would have took anywhere, played anywhere, um, even sweeper. I enjoyed that too. But uh, yeah, no, I, I know you can say it's probably difficult. I suppose the fellow who comes to my mind is like McManus from Monaghan. He was wing forward, wing wing back, I think, for a bit. Yeah, he started and, like that. He just concentrated on being inside forward and was one of the best in the game, you know. So I, I don't mind rotating positions, but I'd say if um, to be a specialised scorer or man marker is a different, you wouldn't like to be. <laughs> fool around a bit too much there, you know. Yeah. But I, as I said, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I kind of play different positions every year, really, like a lot of the time. So. But would you find uh, yourself so having? Good, yeah. Would you find yourself having to learn that new position now? You know, all over again, and by the time you kind of feel you have that figured out, now you're, you know, you're back somewhere else. Yeah, more so if I was playing inside in a two, like, you'd have to. It was way different, like yeah. you know, out around the middle, it, it was fine. Even the sweeper was was fine as well. But if I was put inside and inside two. You have a different fellow man marking you've unbelievable probably one of the best two or three man markers on their team on you like yeah. whereas if you're out around the middle you lose a fella you know so just it's a bit more specialized uh, and i would be a bit more nervous if i was moved in as opposed to moved out yeah no that's it inside is a two is a whole culture in itself you need loads of coaching and you need loads of communication and you could be doing it for a full year and still not you still be making the same runs chair like i mean you probably be, have experience <laughs> of marking them yeah well i, I haven't been 
put it in fullback a couple of times, it, it's it's a it's it's a totally different game, and and I, I fully agree with Paul. Uh, a full forward to be specialised, a full back to be specialised, they they think differently, and genuinely, from my experience playing fullback, it was like playing a different sport. It was so boring because we're so used to being out in the in the middle eight in the thick of a picking up ball and whatever, uh, and you're involved in every play. Whereas as a, as a full back or a full forward. You're not involved in every play because you have to wait and you're trying to keep the length as a forward. And, and patience, uh, isn't it? And, and concentration. And patience, concentration. And, and, and I'd imagine for Paul, given the amount of possessions he'd be picking up uh, when he was playing, uh, being a busybody in the middle eight then, to be asked to, to hold the fourth further up the field, it's, it just goes against your kind of instinct. And if, if you're not looking to get in, uh, engage yourself in the game, you can, uh, it can kind of go against you. But they are full backs and full forwards are, are, are definitely... They, they think differently and it is a different kind of game yeah definitely the, the game has changed anyways Tom, when you're marking Thomas Sullivan Paul you're not spending too much time in the full, in the full forward line yeah he played, he played he played forward in school like in an all-star cornerback yeah. like so like that's versatility for you like they are they're, they're the versatiles that McManus is a good example Graham Garrity wing back all-star wing forward all-star full forward all-star Give me a break. Or maybe he didn't get one wing forward, but he was an outstanding wing forward. Um, yeah, like, I mean, that's. in goal as well, I think. Garrett For Monhinton. Oh, Darren, yeah. oh, Darren Hughes did, did he? I, I, he was I remember. Goal, was he for Monhinton as well? Yeah, he, 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 he came on in a, in a championship game. Uh, sorry, he was out of the field and, he, and he's putting a goal in a championship game. And I remember, I can't think of the name of the subkeeper at the time, but I remember feeling awful for him <laughs> that, that the outfield player was putting goal. And. Uh, because the keeper was in, like there's a sub to be made, like you know. Yeah. So they brought on another outfield player and put and put Hughes back in. Yeah. That's terribly insulting. But listen, <laughs> this goes along with my theory that any outfielder can play in goals. Any competent <laughs> outfielder can can be a goalkeeper. Come here before we get into the games. Then we talked about Clifford on Monday's show. We talked about Paul Donaghy on Monday's show. You know, rightly so, some sensational scores. But um, we didn't speak about Paddy, Cun- Paddy Cunningham, who scored an absolutely sen- sensational. Uh, point off the outside of his boot. Um, this was doing the rounds on on Twitter. Maybe you didn't see it on Twitter. I sent you the link anyway. Jerry. I did. I did look since. Yeah, <laughs> that's your first time on Twitter. That's Twitter. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Antrim obviously interesting with Enda McGinley and uh, Stephen O'Neill over them. And I was reading Peter Fitzpatrick, the the loud county chairman, saying they play a lovely brand of football. I don't know what's happened to people in Tyrone, lads, but they've had a complete awakening about uh, about Gaelic football. Like, I mean, you know, when when you have. Um, when you have the Tyrone County team playing such an expansive game, and now Antrim as well, obviously, Jer. Yeah, and 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 those footballers have always been in Tyrone, and the, and the three All Irelands they won. Like if you look at the forwards unit that they had, um, and even their shape, like Dewar used to drop back a bit um, as a as a wing forward. But other than that, they were very offensive in how in how they played, and maybe Mickey Hart had to cut his cloth to measure based on what he what he had, and maybe he was comparing where he currently had with the quality of what was previously there, and. He 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 adapted the game plan, but again, how we were coached growing up, with Mickey Wheel and big influence on on my career that it is football, and let's use our foot as much as possible. And you know, on the back, get the ball up to the lads up front, and and let them do the business. And it's coming uh, back into the game, lads. It's coming back into it's the game. Back. And um, yeah. like when when Donegal won in 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 two thousand twelve, and they nearly caught us in semi final in in, in two thousand and eleven, like. I remember playing club championship that year. We played against a club, Trinity Gales, who are probably maybe top top uh, twenty, maybe uh, in the county. And we played them, and they went with a, a fifteen men behind the ball, and we just about won, like you know. But uh, they were all copying off Donegal, but thankfully, it's it's it's, it's moving it's back. Around, it's definitely yeah. moving. Yeah, yeah. The, the score of the weekend was on Cleary. Um, like I mean, I I only saw this two days ago. So he's on the fourteen yard line, Paul, on his wrong side. So he went with the outside of the left boot from the 14-yard line and scored a point. Like, I mean, this is outrageous. Now, I know Clare were, g- gave Leash a bit of a hammering, which is very concerning um, for Leash. But to be attempting this in a in a league game, this is the type of stuff you, you, you might get together in a group of three or four and have a little competition before the manager comes out um, of the dressing room out of training. Oh, yeah, like, I think he... Did he get about 10 points as well? So his confidence was probably... Sky yeah. He said, why not? Oh, but in training, still still at it, even though I'm about nearly 35, like, <laughs> crossbar challenge, uh, outside of the right from the sideline. Um, it's my way of loosening up, really, as a fellow who's never really injured, is bang a few walls before training. It's totally 
the wrong thing to do. I was always in the little group in training that was taking penalties. That if there was a competition, yeah. when I when I played down in in Tralee, the Kerry boys were great for it. They loved like a sideline competition, yeah. something before, and I loved that. Like you'd see someone like Ross Munley, then he'd be running over and back, and he'd be stretching and doing all his work while we're you know we yeah. haven't even stretched and we're destroying the hamstrings with a, this free taking competition. But this is the kind of stuff we did because I remember. Frankie Dolan got a point in the qualifier game in 2003 against Kildare. Um, it was the exact same one, only the other side of the field, from the 14-yard line, and it was off the outside of his right. And we obviously went well in 03, so we were down on the pitch the next morning, and we're having this, let's try and do what Frankie did. And, of course, I'm a mouthpiece. I did it in the first go. Yeah. And instead of just walking away and, you know, <laughs> saying, that's it, they talked me into trying again. Ten more goals, never got it again. You know, but this is the kind of crack goes on before training. Yeah, and, 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 and look at, uh, with, with Owen's points uh, against Leash. If he had taken another nine goals, how many would he have got gotten over? Who knows? I'd give Owen three or four, maybe. Give him three you? or four, yeah. Based on that evidence. Based on that evidence, yeah. <laughs> you know, he, he was catching lovely. And, uh, no... Okay, it's about being economical in front of the goal, really. And if you're if you're going that well, and like Paul mentioned, he he was on a high with the influence he was having on the game, and um, there wasn't a whole lot riding on it, so to speak. And he chewed a leg at it, and he caught it lovely. But uh, generally speaking, you're probably asking fellas not to do that. Who's and, in the free? Who's in the messing group before Dublin training? The uh, you, I'd say you're doing your runs over and back and your stretches. I, I was right? I was on the physio table. <laughs> <laughs> Getting elbows into my arse and uh, get loosened out. No, um, you're, you're when you when you talk about maybe the, the physiology of the body, like it, it, it's silly to go out and kick. Yeah, totally cold. stupid. Yeah, when when you're coming out of minor and twenties, we were all doing it, and uh, and then you get into a senior setup, and then you're like do some sort of prehab warm up, and get and get and get nimble, and maybe at the end throw your leg at a few scores, but. Uh, it it uh it depends on where the group is at, doesn't it? If the group is going well and a few lads having a few shots, sure, sure it's grand. But if uh taking stupid shots in games is an issue for you, and the lads are taking stupid shots before training, yeah, you see that's then, why I said before the manager comes before out. Before the yeah. manager comes out, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I'd, yeah. I'd imagine yeah. Paul Luke Connolly wins every single one of those uh, competitions. Oh, he tries them in games like <laughs> before training, like <laughs> the the old video analysis before training, put an end to them then, though. So. Uh, his three yeah, off the ground he's, against yeah. Kerry was brilliant in the in the semi final. Yeah, I, he's sensational boot yeah, of yeah. a goal. So Paul, so, sorry, just they, they started they started secretly filming you before training, so to cut this kind of stuff. Uh, out. No, no, sorry, no. The video analysis, we'd have to run back in for the video analysis. Sure, you'd be ah, right. in knots in for after forty minutes of analysis, going back out. And, as George said, there more activation work going out, which is. Yeah. More boring stuff, really. Like, yeah, the fun's gone out of it, lads. Right, we'll leave it there, and we'll come back and look ahead to the matches. All right, so the big one this weekend is obviously Dublin and Kerry. It's at one forty-five in Semple Stadium. Um, that's on Sunday, right? I'm, I didn't actually put the day down. Um, obviously, that's the big game of the weekend. We talked a lot about Kerry. Uh, probably didn't talk about Dublin as much on Monday. We didn't have as much time. Kind of like the look of the their new faces. Well, Lahif is in a new face now, Jer. He's St. Jude's. He was there last year. He started against Westmead, and I don't think we saw much after him. Jeez, I don't know that he do a lot of weights over the Christmas, but he's got a fair old square set of shoulders on him. And the great thing about Lahif, if he can make it in midfield, is I think that Dublin half-back line needs a be- the beef that James McCarthy can give it. Yeah, and it's good for the team to see new fellas coming in and it does freshen up the squad and again, that bit of a challenge for, for, for some of the mainstay players when you see younger guys uh, being given game time and, and fairness to him, he, he, he did well um, uh, against Roscommon. It's, it's only good for the squad and, and Desi, no doubt, will, will, will be looking to kind of introduce more new faces as well. He, he knows a lot of these lads fairly intimately uh, from his involvement um, a couple of years ago with the under twenty set up too, so so uh, it, it 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 is good. It does freshen things up. I I, I think Wooly the 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 maybe the natural quality of some of the guys coming in isn't 
uh, where the likes of a Paul Mannion and Kieran Kilkenny and um, Jack McCaffrey was there. No superstars coming. Is there any superstars yeah. on the way? What about uh, uh, your man from Dinner Twenty Ones? We don't see him at all. What's Archer? What's where's Archer. what's his story? Yeah, um, that's a good question, and I, I don't have an answer. He, he does okay for the Twenty Ones. He does on unbelievably occasion. for the under Twenty Ones. He's yeah. unbelievable record at scoring. Uh, my my theory on him is is that he's a little bit too cocky. He's not humble enough for the senior team. Am yeah. I talking nonsense? Uh, well, it's just such a competitive environment, and he he probably needs to be doing it in club championship as well uh, I think he's I think he's casting lock um, he needs to be probably showing good form there against some of the better teams in, in the in the in the double championship in order to kind of progress himself in but the the what's what's great about uh, Dublin Woolley and, and, and a lot of the stronger counties that there's, there's so many fellas are so committed and the amount of work that they would have done away um, you know, by themselves and following the, the gym programs and getting the runs in that They've come back hitting the ground running and given how short a season we now have and how intense it's going to be, the guy who can manage that load and the most robust guy, uh, he, he he's going to be the one that's going to take to the field more often than not. Yeah, he scored 930 in in four games at under twenty one level, Saint, from Saint Moore's, I Saint knew Moore's, I would have okay, I would have remembered yeah. him if yeah, he was yeah. Castlenock because yeah. they were getting Swan. I'm getting mixed up as um, uh, Luke Swan is another another guy, similar Irish kind of player, right from uh, Castlenock, similar build. Yeah. As well, now, one other thing with with yeah. Mannion not being there, there is an opportunity. He's he's kind of he's a thirteen, I suppose, Paul. Like I mean, any other county, this lad's coming straight back straight in as the main man. Yeah, like I suppose he kind of had a big name before he done anything at senior level. I suppose they obviously would have played Cork in the twenty final, but he was the fella lighting it up the whole way. And you're kind of looking at younger lads like to be honest with you, I hadn't heard much about McMahon or Mullen who played the last day, but I, I knew a bit more about Archer. Like, and I kind of waiting for him to pop up, but he hasn't yet. So, um, hopefully, no, he, he'll get in in the next couple of games like just to, to see what he's about at that level is, is this is this a game where Kerry have to win like because they obviously lost the All-Ireland final to them but they did play them last year in the league and they, they played a, a really brilliant game it was a draw now that was you know Kerry going right we drew with them like does this Kerry team need to win this well it does need to win it a lot more than Dublin do if 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 Kerry were to win uh, on the weekend in the league, I, I I would probably put them down as favourites then to win the All Ireland. Really? Yeah, I think they get great confidence from it. Um, the, you know, despite the amount of goals and and scores they put away against Galway the weekend, they will still have doubts in the back of their head that they're not good enough to beat Dublin. Are and you playing? Are you playing this out? I will make them favourites kind of game that goes no, on. Well, I, I'm not doing uh, a Kerry uh, and the Kerry people, but um, <laughs> for for years until we bet Kerry in the National League down in um, uh, Fitzgerald Stadium, I think maybe 2009 and 10, and then. We got a good few goals against Cork in the National League. Eventually, we bet them. And that confidence then transfers into the championship that you know that, yes, there'll be a few different personnel in, but generally speaking, it's the same team. And we can beat them down there. We can beat them at Crow Park. So the confidence that comes from that is huge. And, and uh, the Kerry players, they will absolutely have doubts in the back of their head. I think taking to the field the weekend, uh, psychologically, Dublin will probably have a, a four or five point lead. Um, and 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 uh, for me, if if Kerry are to win, they're gonna to have to win by plus probably four or five, uh, um, uh, to go over the line. But they they like it depends what team Desi puts out as well. He's obviously had the blood in a couple of guys. Uh, Kerry have gone with a fairly strong hand last weekend. Uh, played some lovely football. Uh, Dublin uh, have have a stronger fifteen there. In my view, I think the the, the championship fifteen wasn't the team that played against Roscommon. So. It'd be interesting to see what Desi and the lads do. Where did where they go with the strongest team for the psychological battle that might come later on in the uh, in the championship? That would be my thinking on it yeah. as, as a manager. It, it, it's hard to know. Like, I mean, one thing Ross Common didn't do is in the second half. I can see the kind of logic Ross Common came with. So, look, we'll put pressure under kickouts when we're playing with the wind. And in the second half, you know, we, we'll let them have the kick out and we'll, you know, defend a little bit more. They were down. So, I didn't think that made sense. And Dublin had Sheeling Golds, who's a rookie goalkeeper. Like, I mean, next week with that press Kerry do Paul like I mean they have the most aggressive press in the game and they seem to want to do it at every opportunity usually you're guaranteed to do it after a set play but they were trying to organise this press even after points from play Shield is a new goalkeeper we don't know how Comerford injures himself before before the game but they could put that young chap under all sorts of pressure Yeah I suppose I was surprised when Roscommon dropped off especially with a new keeper like we would have played Dublin a few times in the league when Cluxton was resting 
and we would have seen it as a massive opportunity just to go after him and put him under pressure and see what he's about for the full game, you know. Yeah. And then just trust your trust you're going to win the breaks. But that Kerry press, like, um, it's funny we we play a lot of club and divisions and Kerry and challenges with the club. And last year we played three in three weekends or three week, yeah, and they all had that press. Like they were all doing it like it was it was right. gas, not just the way the attacking play they played, but defensively they were all trying it. But I, what I thought was noticeable when when power did get it off like their pressure was unbelievable the boys coming out and put them under serious pressure so I definitely expect them to to go for it now and the amount of sweeper keepers we've seen last weekend and, and all the time now it's no bother for a keeper to come out and mark a corner forward you know, when they're doing that press so uh, I would say if, if it's the same lad and goal or if it's Comfort if once it's not clocks in they'll see a massive opportunity to go after yeah they probably will go after some great matchups as well Fitzsimons and Clifford like I mean Jesus that's going to be fantastic obviously Fitzsimons did much better on Clifford in that All-Ireland final when he was moved on him after Johnny Cooper Johnny Smalls Sean O'Shea Johnny Smalls in the middle yeah. I'm fairly sure James McCarthy was on O'Shea in the first game anyways um, uh, probably be John Small this weekend you have Jack Barry who loves following around Fenton he's, he probably does better on Fenton than anybody else he just tails him yeah. um, and he's got that kind of physicality and then you have Morley versus Kilkenny probably on the other side or maybe Con. like I mean there's all these great matchups this is going to be the rivalry for the next five or six years lads isn't it if we're being honest Chair? yeah I fully, fully agree with you and, and, and you know all those matchups you described there if you had a separate camera on them like they used to do player cam on Sky Sports a few years ago I think it'd be fascinating to watch and there'd be a lot of off the ball stuff um going on and trying to put uh, put guys off. But I, I, I think this is a super game and um I think it's gonna tell us a lot as to how again the championship is gonna go later on in the year. I think going back to the going back to the kickouts uh in the Monster semi final, memory serves you correct, uh, Paul, Kerry re- retreated quite a bit. And invited you you guys onto them, which was probably against their nature. And I'd say Peter Keane has probably learned an awful lot from that defeat, and probably the slagging he was getting over the last number of months around Kerry. And they're just going for it every yeah. single play. And I think what we've seen against Galway last weekend is what you're going to see in every game for Kerry going forward. They can mix it up if they need it tactically, but I think that's what best suits that's that, that's what best suits their style. And it's also a, a blueprint I've mentioned before that Mayo have tried to employ and Kerry have tried to uh, execute it as well against Dublin. And it, it does work, but a bit of quality for Mayo in front of the goals and probably Kerry were um, not as mature as they are now. They weren't able to get over the line against Dublin. Dublin just had a bit of experience and extra quality. To yeah. it. But that's, I, I, I think it's going to be a great game uh, at the weekend. Yeah, you'd like it under lights, wouldn't you, in the evening? Why is it on at 21 well, in, in, in Turles? Well, it's a strange one. I, I think it's a bad call. I think there's obviously hurling games on as well. Correct me if I'm wrong, but but like this is the... This is bigger than the All Ireland hurling final. Uh, <laughs> yeah. not, not 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 as a national league game, but sorry, the, the Dublin Kerry rivalry from a football point of view is is, is uh, would bring in more 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 viewers than any of the other games that are going on over the weekend. So I I think it's a missed opportunity maybe yeah. to, to to make more of a spectacle out. But uh, maybe Dublin being yeah, there's probably um, a bit of pressure on Kerry as well mm. after last week, a bit early season pressure to. To back up that performance, like mm. even though Peter Keane is the master of talking themselves down. Yeah, you're but, ha- uh, you're, be- you're being harsh now on the hurling. The the seven o'clock game is um, our man Tyrone. Actually, Ger, um, I present the hurling show, and I've, become, I've do, been yeah. accepted into the hurling kind yeah, of yeah, uh, yeah. group. And I can't accept you yeah, saying I, I'm only. I joking. manage a hurling club in UCD, <laughs> so yeah. No, yeah. it's a it's a football <laughs> game that, but it would be much better. Like I mean, no disrespect to our man Tyrone. This is Dublin and Kerry, and it should be in under under lights unless there's an issue in Turles. I it's not a home game. For for Dublin, yeah, they lost it obviously, and I, and, and I say that's where the, the it's, it's probably been messed around then in terms of availability for uh, tourists, yeah, because of the, yeah. The but it, it, the thing is, this is going to be a great game because we know Dublin adapt, and if they're playing a defensive team, they might filter back a bit more. But if they're playing Kerry, they, like I mean, obviously, the tactical thing here is that Kerry and Dublin attack with some pace, with such pace and such directness, and Kerry obviously using the foot pass, Dublin use it too. They get the ball up the other end of the field before the players can filter back. So you're seeing one on ones. Now, if the other teams don't see those one on ones because they'll go across the field, back mm-hmm. across, they'll be so slow and laboured. By the time they actually get up to the half forward line, the other team has dropped their wing backs and they're ready for them. So the whole secret 
with Gaelic football is get the ball down the other end of the field as fast as you can and you'll see your one-on-ones and you'll let your forwards and that's why I'm really excited about this we're going to see loads of one-on-ones and we're going to see proper defending old school defending and some great forwards one, one other thing uh, Paul is uh, when Paul O'Shea came on the other day and Tommy Walsh came on so we saw a lot of brilliant interplay with Kerry in the first half we saw them looping around kicking good points we saw them making great runs we saw lovely interplay with their forwards but then they showed another string to their bow now some of the times I see them bringing on Tommy Walsh like he's underused like they don't use Tommy Walsh but whatever it was about Paul O'Shea he sent in two or three great balls into Tommy Walsh and if anyone wants to know what a mark in Gaelic football is that's a feckin' mark that's what you kind of want to see and reward him but that's if they're going to use Tommy Walsh that was the best I saw them using Tommy Walsh maybe since Tommy Walsh has come back, Paul. Yeah, like, if you remember, he was the fellow on Marquee in, in the in the square when we got the goal, like. Yeah. And I th- I say probably maybe they felt last or didn't have enough depth around the middle and they brought him on midfield, but sure, he was last, like. Uh, and that's, I was playing with, kind of when he came on the scene first and he was, he was terrorised us mm. inside around the goal, like, and that's the best place to have him. He just gives him a different dimension then, you know. Um, it takes a little bit of heat, heat off Clifford and the lads um, and like Kerry have always chanced the long ball before like even Donahue they'd, they'd always Darrow Shea and Lisa the Sean O'Sullivan they'd always try the outside of the boot uh, into them and he had a good county championship after Tommy Walsh um, himself so like for a fella still going I think that's that's the only place to use him to be honest with you Yeah no it is Merchant versus Paddy Clifford will be a good one too or Merchant versus Darren Moynihan he'll probably track one of them I don't think uh Paddy Clifford and Moynihan will get the same room as they did um, last week. So this that's going to be an absolutely fantastic game. Probably the big game of the weekend. Maybe this is why Kerry uh, Galway isn't on. Leash versus Cork. Paul is on at 7 o'clock in the Moor Park. It's on GEA Go. I think a lot of the public will be more interested um, in this one. This is a huge game, uh, Paul, because let's be honest, the losers of this game can kiss their uh, promotion. Now, Leash probably their aspirations are to stay in the division, whereas Cork, geez, if... if, if, if if it, if it turns out at least turn them over in a more park where they wouldn't be too bad badly hurt last week against Clare you know have to try and have some sort of a re- reaction Cork could potentially find themselves um, out of the promotion race Yeah uh, disappointing like performance and result last week like I suppose Leash lost a kind of an understrength Clare team and like we were building Cork Hill there up as the top of the table clash you know yeah. uh, last week and She's after the first 15 or 20 minutes, Cork started well. Claire or Kildare just got to grips with them. Uh, and to be going in a half time for Cork down, like probably owning possession and having more of the ball was, was killer. Like, and then I think it was uh, Flynn got a goal and it was 1 2 in a couple of minutes, and that was the game, you know, and petered out. Uh, I suppose you mentioned there, Willie, about the kick passing, you know, and even Armagh were doing diagonal kick passing, Kerry, Dublin, Tyrone were doing it, which was Sean made a few mistakes. We probably don't kick passes enough, you know, we have a lot of ball carriers. Yeah. And that's their strength, uh, half back, half forward, midfield. But you have to get the ball in, like to, to stretch the teams and, and and quickly. And like even the man Flynn's goal for Kildare was a lovely dig ball into the D, and he came off the shoulder. Then we didn't get a, a goal chance at all last week, which was very disappointing. You know, so I think we were missing our three best kickers now. I suppose Mark Collins, Luke Connolly, like you said, and I feel like Killian O'Hanlon, he'd be a good kick passer as well. He's out for the season with the cruciate and the big midfielder. So, um. If we get Collins and Connolly back into the team, you know, that might help a bit, but I think it's something we probably have to, to start doing more if we want to push on. Well, that's the thing. And Hurley obviously went off um, with the concussion. So that him kind of buzzing around and showing, you know, uh, Cahill, um, Cahill O'Mahony, Cahill O'Mahony he, yeah. he missed a few very easy chances. You're missing the young lad Gore, who, you know, would be in the mix. Well, you're missing a lot of your forwards, you know, Collins, Connolly, Hurley off, your, you know, Gore, different fellas who would have made a difference because you didn't have to kind of, Interplay and up front that Kerry had, for example, and that's you're right. It's because you're not kicking it, and without ki- without having a kicking game, like I said, you cannot you cannot run a ball up the field. The other team will track the run, and by the time you get to the half forward line, it's all clogged up. The only way to beat the the defenders or the other the other team's half forward line dropping back to help out is to kick it on down there ahead of them, Jerry. Like this is very logical stuff, and most teams are copping onto it. That running game, you know, it's it's going to be outdated after this year. Yeah, it's a look at it. There's probably occasions in the game where it could be a slow build-up. Or ah, yeah. If the ground opens up in front of you, yeah. you, you might take it. You take might, it on. yeah. But 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 generally speaking, if you're looking to ask questions of of a, of a defender, you're looking to move it up quickly with the foot. 
And I think what also happens, you, you talk about interplay and, 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 and Paul trying to create goal opportunities. Like if, if the forwards know the ball is going to be coming in within a couple of seconds, they're making hard runs and, and, and that's kind of looping off and coming off the shoulder. It just kind of starts to happen instinctively within training games and then transfers onto the pitch. But if the forwards know that we're playing a, a hand pass and uh, through the Lions game that we're probably seeing in the hurling a good bit at the moment, that um, it, it's... Uh, it's yeah, it's just going to be a slow build up. It'll probably be a boarding game. The the score count, scoring opportunities for uh, for Cork will be will be far lower than what they uh, than what they should be. But then again, Paul, you obviously know the lads better than the, than us. But you know maybe uh, management there are again they have to cut the cloth to measure if they don't have enough kick passers in around the middle third. Well then, are they trying to be more economical in possession? And you know if we win eleven ten, that's fine once we win. But. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah that's it. That, sorry, sorry, Paul. Just, to, just, just to cut you off, Paul. That used to be a big problem with us with leash as well. When you don't have natural kick passers, trying to tell fellas who aren't natural kick passers to kick, they get all confused altogether. Like it's almost like I don't know. It, it doesn't. Yeah, if, it, if it's like not natural. Our, our main, our main players probably last few years were Potter, Maguire, and Rory Dean, who were all massive ball carriers. Yeah, like, yeah. You know what I mean? And like they're the spine of your team, and they're very, like very good, fantastic players, but. It's just the way the game's gone. I, I thought the last weekend we were carrying to maybe their 45 and then we turn around and pass it back. And, You're gone then. And anything, we ran through the middle day the sweeper and it turned over and we were very easy to score against. But uh, I think maybe we caught Lomani and Hurley up front, maybe one more natural forward up there, like we spoke about with Kerry Lasher and Tyrone this year, is, it might help him a little bit more. And I'd say Luke is back this week so he'll be a big addition for me yeah because we talked a lot last week about balancing a forward line and having workers and having you know playmakers mm. but if you don't have good kick passers on your half back line midfield or half forward line at least one on each line you know what I mean it, you are hamstringing yourself Jerry. no you definitely are and, 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 and that's always a challenge for a manager to kind of get that balance there where you where, where depending on the style of play you're trying to incorporate but, but again like players some fellas are obviously better at kicking the ball than others just naturally uh, regardless of how much practice uh, a guy might put in to try to bring the standard of kicking up but um, like players want to kick the ball in my, in my view because that's the nature of the game they want to try those shots from the sideline uh, before training because it's, it's a bit of fun that's associated with it but when you see some of the goal opportunities that Kerry created uh, the other day by moving the ball by foot yeah. and, and fellas running off the shoulder and looping around it, 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 it's very enjoyable to be to be playing in a team like that and even the energy that comes from a score like that as a team it just kind of adds to the whole momentum as opposed to a, a left-right left-right slow build-up and you might win a free and then it's two minutes for the free kick taker to kick the ball over the bar and then you know, it's 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 flat in my view, but that's just my thinking on football. Yeah, but that that's it as well, Paul. And when you see the examples of when Kerry kicked the ball up to the half forward line, they always had a presence on the half forward line, and it was a good kick, right? They were killers when they got into that position, right? So there's no recycling with them. The minute you get, there's nothing more demoralizing and frustrating. But when you kick the ball and you get it into a full forward line, and that full forward has maybe five seconds to take on his man before someone drops back on him and what he does is turn back around and kick it back out to the 45. Now you know you're facing 12 men behind the ball. It's so, just like, I, I've suggested on the show here before, sticking it in training, stick a shot clock on the attacking team that if you don't kick this ball dead when it goes in, throw, blow the whistle, off. drop no, <laughs> drop the ball down and yeah. it's the other team's ball because that's what's going to happen in the game because generally when that ball comes back out to the 45, Scores don't usually come off those. Yeah, and you're not going to get a second kick pass in again. No, the kick pass is gone uh, then. Yeah, you're at a stalemate. Yeah, Yeah, and even the top teams like Dublin now, Kerry, when they get a kick pass in, they get it to a really dangerous area. Sometimes a kick pass just down the line into the corner, to the corner forward running out. He's going to recycle it anyway. Like So what you want is what we saw with Kerry last weekend and and for that Kildare goal where right on the D, in and around that D, like to possibly know if you've been hauled down, uh, which we spoke about, there's mass rewards for that as well. But that's where you kind of want to get the kick pass and, and the forward movement based around. Yeah, because like years ago, I played left half back. Generally, I was kicking it down to the number 15 down the wing ahead mm. of me. Like, I mean, that's outdated now. 
because you know you'll be bottled up by a good defender you'll end up passing it back now it's from the wings into that D isn't yeah. that it and you, I think yeah. you've practiced that a lot because lot, I remember Collins and Hurley getting against Leash and Tarlis that like you were doing a lot of those diagonal balls into that danger area yeah I suppose it worked a bit a bit that that um, like as I said and Mark Collins is probably and Luke are the two most natural kickers there you know and Mark was playing and he'd have a good same club as Hurley and that's what you kind of want Um like we and we, we actually got a couple of goals off it, I'd say, yeah. We played Leash and Turles, you know. So, um, and like we have the runners, like if there's a running game, we'll be fine. It's just we need to add our or like the lads need to, to adapt to their game, really, as I said, if they want to, to push on. Other big game of the weekend, lads. Uh, the third one is Donegal Monaghan. This is at five o'clock. This is on RT and on air. Um, we did, we spoke a lot about uh, Tyrone on Monday's show. We didn't speak as much about uh, Donegal. Like Donegal were very impressive. Like they were missing Owen Bon Gallagher, Odron McNeilish, Ma- uh, McFadden Ferry, who's a, a great man to just stick on someone and and tor- torture him. Steve McManaman, who's their cornerback, Paddy Graham, Mc- McCorner- cornerback. Like I mean, they've an unbelievable squad, Jer. Like and every year we say we look through their team and you kind of marvel at Langton and such stylish and Thompson and you know like we said McNeilish is back and they've a good midfield and they've two wing backs. Morgan and McHugh who are bloody hairs up and down you know like you look through their team and it's almost flawless and they play a lovely brand of football and then you look in 2000 and um, 2000 or last year they couldn't be Cavan in the Ulster final and then in 2019 they couldn't get out of the Super 8s group they lost to Mayo in Castle Bar and then 2018 they couldn't get out of the Super 8s group they lost to Dublin no shame in that but they lost to Tyrone at home is there something we're not we're is there is there something we're not we're missing here with this Donegal team? Yeah, and it's between the years, really. Like they they have all the players, they have the physical attributes, um, they have the skill set there, they have the fitness. They're hardy old uh, fellas playing against them. Uh, but when they're maybe expected to win some of the easier games, Woolly, uh, something is obviously happening. They're 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 taking their eye off the ball, um, but. You know, are Donegal real contenders like they were being spoken about last year before the Ulster final? Were they listening? Not that again, not 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 that the players were actively, you know, going reading or listening to podcasts yeah. about how 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 great they were, but that obviously does seep in. And when the team is going well, sometimes that's when you're at your most vulnerable because you think, "Geez, we've a great draw now. We're to beat and Dublin all the next, and Dublin next." So. It's 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 the the challenge is the is the, and that's the beauty of sport that that uh, there's a lot of uh, evenly matched squads and teams and athletes out there and it's 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 the stuff that goes on in the head, which is uh, um, uh, hugely important and has to be worked on. Uh, your man Chris Hoy from Scotland won all the the gold medals for uh, in indoor cycling. He, he 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 was on a podcast recently, but talking about the mental processes of. Uh, of uh, uh, being expected to win the whole time because he won six or seven gold medals, but the way they structure the 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 racing is that the um, number one seed always goes last. So he's watching the times of his rivals directly before him, and he's dealing with the guy who just went before me, set a new world record, bet my world record. How am I supposed to beat him now? So having the mental and he he went ahead and bet him because he had thought about this, he plans and he dealt with it in his head. And he had a system of of, uh, of uh, and and a step plan really to go through to be able to um, win when he's supposed to win, to be able to uh, stick to the game plan if you concede one or two loose goals that you don't panic, and uh, the stuff that goes on between the head is probably Donegal's biggest challenge I would say. Do Do you think so, Paul? Do you think this is a psychological thing with them? Do you think this is Declan Bonner and Stephen Rochford's last year? They've had three years with them. They haven't yet made an All Ireland semi final. Yeah, I'd agree with Jar. I think it's just a psychological thing now to get over that. I, I would have thought like they were the most enjoyable team to watch last year up until they were beaten. They've kind of come out of successful McGuinness era and they have a nice blend now of kicking and athletic players and they can shut it down and go defensive too. But I thought they would have kicked on. To be honest, remember they drew with Kerry in the Super 8s and Crow yeah. Park. It was a great game. Yeah. I thought that would have galvanised them to say, yeah, we can go there, but it, it hasn't. Um, uh, whether it's Bonners last year, as I said, they're probably good to watch. I suppose you spoke a lot about Michael Murphy on Monday. I suppose it probably depends, depends a lot on what his vibe about Bonner and Rashford is. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, I'd say if they, if he thinks they're good enough, um, maybe they they stay on. But they probably are under a bit of pressure, and they're they're in the long route in Ulster. So, um, like, I, as I said, I think they're probably the best team in Ulster. But 
to they're going to have to go a long way if they want to get to the All Ireland semi or the All Ireland final. You know? Yeah, they definitely. Well, they need to win Ulster again. When you when we talked last week about balance in the forward line. Donegal have the best balance in a full forward line in the country as far as I'm concerned. You have Paddy McBrearty, sharpshooter. You have Michael Murphy, big man. You have Jamie Brennan, speed merchant. That's my that's my perfect mix for a full forward line. Skillful, sharpshooter, big man, lightning fast man. You can't, you can't, you've got a bit of everything uh, there, Jerry. Maybe not too much uh, kick passing, but sure, look, they're receiving the kick passes, so it's not, it's not too bad. But the other big game, obviously, is Armagh Tyrone. We don't have time to talk about that. Um, lads, we're going to watch. I'm definitely going to watch that, and because I'm interested in see Monaghan and Armagh, and we'll cover them on Monday's show. Um, we talked about the big one in Division Two. Big one in in Division Four is Loud against Leitrim. Again, we talked about Cork. There potentially could be out of promotion. Like if Loud lose this away to Leitrim, which is not an easy game. Leitrim already down from Division Three, and they're like a good solid. Uh, team very hard to beat at home you could have a situation where I'm sure Mickey Hart's brief there was to get out of Division 4 a big part of his remit and uh, potentially you know being torn up here Ger. yeah and and, and and I think the nature of how the, these conferences has been have been structured this year like uh, one loss and you're under pressure like you know yeah and uh, which makes it usually challenging and uh, I, I spoke to a guy who, who was actually at the game uh, Sly going Leitrim last week, and and uh, he felt that Leitrim were, were playing below par, that uh, um, uh, there's a lot more quality in them, and that now that they have a home game and it's a must-win game if they want to get back up, that uh, it could be a very very tough task for 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 Mickey Hart and his team going 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 into that match. At the same time, Mickey Hart just seeing some of the highlights on GA Go. Of their game against Antrim, they were very evenly matched. Obviously, against Antrim, Antrim just pushed on, say towards the end. But um, he obviously take confidence from that performance too, and he's obviously enough experience uh, from being around to to, to 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 try to get the best out of the lads. And maybe again going on the road is something that he'll uh, he look forward to. But it's a very very tough ask. Yeah. The last the last uh, point, lads, before we finish up is Niall Carew. Um, your boss yeah. so uh, we'll have to be nice um, my wife is my real boss but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> two bosses and yeah. I'm your boss here Jerry, yeah, right? yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right so Niall Crew, he's going against kind of popular opinion Paul because you know and I, I'm listen I've been guilty of saying this and maybe it's lazy analysis that you know, the league's more important than the Division 4 teams you know and, and you're kind of basing this on you know they play six games against closer rivals and teams that they can beat and then they go into the championship, you know, and it's harder for them coming up against Division 1 and 2 teams. And now Carew doesn't uh, sign up for this at all. He says, I think playing big championship games are way ahead of the league. A big championship win, if you're in a lower division and you beat one of the so-called big guns, they're memories that no one can take from you. So I don't think that it uh, that the league is the only show in town. And when he kind of said that, he's probably right. If you take Carlos' win against Caldera, I suppose, t- uh, two or three years ago, over their promotion in the league, you can be sure in 10 years' time what, they, what those Carlos players will be remembering. You know, maybe, maybe we're a little bit disrespectful to the Division 4 teams when we say, oh, the league's there only, you know, that's all they care about. When that's probably not the case at all. Yeah, I suppose probably are a little bit disrespectful, like Carlo and Kildare, and I suppose I think Longford caught me a few years ago as well, you know, they kind of sprung to mind. Um, I suppose, like, you don't probably grow up think, dreaming of playing in the league, like, it's, it's getting the big wins in championship, and I can see where he's coming from, you know, but I suppose the the thing now is you have to progress up the leagues if you want to get into the Sam Maguire as opposed to the Talton Cup over the next few years, yeah. so it's a bit of equal measure. Um, like, I suppose... Like it's hard to know. I, I haven't been there, like to be honest with you, but um, I can see where he's coming from in terms of motivation for his players. Anyway, his own squad, you know, to get a, a big result and like Sligo, who he's with, they've been close enough in, in previous years, but they're just in this quite a strong province, you know. So um, yeah, I suppose I suppose we've been a little bit disrespectful to to maybe them. It's, it's probably the prestige that's associated with with with, with championship and and like. Uh... We all know fellas, or we've been in pubs before COVID, and uh, just there's a man over there, a really good league player for, for, for Sly, but <laughs> never made a championship team. And the same talk goes on all around the country, so it's just the prestige that's associated with it. But but in terms of performance and 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 um, strategically planning to be competing with the big guns at the latter stages of of of, of championship, 
you have to obviously progress up the uh, the national league to be exposed to that level of uh, competition to to see where to re- see where you are at. But uh, I suppose the 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 joys of, of of getting a scalp against one of the bigger guns um, every couple of years is, is something which is associated with success in the division four counties because that's just how it's been for but that's what you their memories like their real their their, yeah. their proper memories there's also the fella that you see in the pub that said Geez, he was great in training games but he couldn't do it in the league yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> there's the truth, yeah. There's that, and then there's other lads that say he's very good with his club but he can't do it in a training game with the <laughs> in a trial yeah. game with the county so there's yeah, a whole yeah, lot of yeah. whole lot of different lads if you win in division 3 or division 4 league as well it might be your only chance of ever winning silverware do you know what I mean so yeah uh, it depends on where they're at like you know exactly yeah, it's, all, yeah. it's all it's all Relative, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, so take basically the answer here is that Division 4 teams don't just care about the league, they care about the league and championship like every other county, I suppose. That's probably that's probably it. Right, we'll leave it there. You have a weekend off, you can put your feet up, or maybe Carew will send you up a few videos to watch <laughs> or something. Uh, chair, I have to do my bit at home, will he? Oh, do yeah, your bit at home, yeah. yeah, yeah, you have to put the time in there. Right, yeah. listen, we'll leave it there, boys, and we'll be back on Monday and we'll review the whole weekend. So we'll talk to you all then. Good luck. But this little dink ball, the only one in a crowded area where it's a fist pass, the weight is taken over, hits the ground and it bounces into a fella's chest. Why do you not do many interviews? Oh really? Yeah, I might have been asked to do a whole pile. Really? Yeah. Have you ever rang me? And they're roaring at me, I coffee, you free state bastard. <laughs> and next thing I hear, you have no fucking jurisdiction up here. <laughs> <laughs> Are you ready to enhance your future in tech? Then it's time to make your move to the UK. The nation that has more tech unicorns than France, Germany and Sweden combined. The nation that was third in the world to have a $1 trillion tech sector valuation. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk forward slash great talent to see how you can work, live and move to the UK. We love our pets, but when the floor is covered in fur, that's harder to love. Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum has powerful 8,000 PA suction to make hair vanish from floors in just one pass. Plus, the roller brush has automatic detangling for easy hands-free maintenance. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799.